2: My name is Becky Olson. I'm a three-time breast cancer survivor, and you know, I was diagnosed 21 years ago in April, so I'm pretty excited because I was not supposed to even make it that long, so yay. Anyway, I'm also (laughs) a professional speaker, and I'm the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life.
3: And hi, I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 23-year survivor. I'm also a certified life coach and the author of my very soon upcoming book, uh, Thriving Beyond Cancer. I just got my proof back and I'm excited to kind of go through it and make whatever last minute changes. Yeah. It's (laughs) beautiful. Yay. (laughs) I'm I'm really excited about our guest today because, um, because her passion, her topic is very... Uh, near and dear to both Becky and my heart uh, with Breast Friends. Um, our guest today is Susan, is it Apollon, is that how yep, you pronounce it? it is. Thank oh. you. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay. She's a licensed psychologist, breast cancer survivor, author, educator, and researcher. So she really has her, her creds, that's for, for <laughs> sure. And our uh, topic uh, comes from her book, An Inside Job, and she will share her healing wisdom for our cancer journey. So, welcome, Susan.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm
3: so grateful to be able to be here with you. And for those well, of you
4: we're
2: for th- listening, we're thrilled. We're thrilled to have you. So, thank you absolutely. so much. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. So, could you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what um, and what contributed to what you're doing?
4: So, I am a psychologist. I've been in practice for 30 years, and I've specialized in grief or loss, and trauma, and uh, those dealing with life-threatening illnesses and specifically oncological situations, cancer patients. Um, but I'm also a researcher of mind, body, energy, healing, near-death experiences, prayer, things of that, that nature. And uh, I'm an author, and I have written a number of books, But the newest one is called An Inside Job. A psychologist shares healing wisdom for your cancer journey. And that one is the result of these 30 years of working with those challenged by cancer. And it's my patients have been my teachers. And um, because of them, I've been able to develop some tools. And um, we have worked together. And they're amazing. So I felt that what we had learned together, needed to be shared, because my patients, not all of them, but many of them have lived well beyond what they were told they would live, and their diagnoses. And their stories needed to be shared, as I said, and, and so that's why I've written this book. Um, well, I,
3: I, I'm I just got my copy of it, and I am so excited to delve into it, because it just looks amazing.
2: Thank you. And you know, it, we, we really do. We really do get that I, that thought that you know sometimes our the patients that we work with teach us because they really do. We've been we haven't been doing this thirty years, but we've been doing it seventeen with breast friends. That's a But long we both time. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and and it we're both over long. twenty years, you know, wow. as cancer survivors. But we work with a lot of patients, and it seems like every day we get to hear a new spin on the story, you know, Isn't and there's true? some new perspective. It's, it's so yeah, true. right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's amazing how you can all be going through the same disease, but have completely different journeys through that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about the treatments and that kind of thing. It's just how we deal with um, the grief and the loss and the trauma and all of that, um, because we're all in different places, too. So Yes,
4: yeah, I, I agree. Um, but that's what makes it all so special, because we can <laughs> learn from each other. So, absolutely. absolutely. Like Indeed.
3: I do too. So why is cancer so important to you? Would you um, kind of elaborate on that piece of it? Sure. You know, this is not an easy answer for me. I've thought about it a
4: number of times. Um, I have had breast cancer. Um, That was a gift for me. And I use the word gift intentionally um, because it allowed me to really understand what my patients were going through. For me Mm -hmm. to be able to identify and connect with them and they with me, it um, allowed me, well, more than anything, it allowed me to know my own resources as well. And again, that's something that I could share with my patients. But if it weren't for my cancer, I would not be here talking to you. Mm -hmm. One of the major gifts of this cancer for me was that it did save my life. Had it not been for the cancer, they wouldn't have done the diagnostic tests on me. And when I was about to have radiation, which indicated that I may have had, well, not may, I did, but they weren't sure at the time, something called a pheochromocytoma, which is what I did have. And that's a tumor on the adrenal gland. Oh, my. Yes. um, Although it was a benign tumor, it was something that would have definitely taken my life. I had had several incidents where I thought I was dying. And, you know, you you chalk this up to a lot of things and you think you're imagining it, et cetera. But uh, when my oncologist um, saw the results of the diagnostic, uh, he said, you know, I believe you have a CO. And he had me over to an endocrinologist's office within 24 hours. And, wow. Uh, after, they move fast sometimes, don't they? It was, they it really? was wonderful because yeah. within a week... I was able to be able to uh, line up everything that I needed. It took six weeks, actually, to prepare for that particular surgery. But initially, I had my, my breast surgery. I had my nodes removed, and then six weeks later, I had this. With each of the surgeries, my blood pressure went up higher and higher, and that's when my oncologist said, I think we're dealing with something else here. So, again, cancer for me is perceived as a gift, and I encourage all of you who are listening to think about what it is that this cancer has awakened you to, what it is that has enabled you to see life differently, relationships
2: differently, because it is a gift. It really Mm -hmm. impacts the quality of our journey, I feel. You know, I'm I'm just here. I just heard something, like, again, another new... I, I guess we could use the word spin on this. You you had breast cancer. You were being treated for that, and then they found something else that was probably maybe a little more serious. I don't know. Yes. Oh, um, and the but they wouldn't have found it. They wouldn't me. have found it if, that's if right. you hadn't. Yeah. That's right. So that's that's. Oh, I got goosebumps over that one. <laughs> so thank you for sharing <laughs> and, that. And the other reason.
3: Did you have so symptoms? Did I, you have I, symptoms I come, of that other type of cancer? I. You know. I
4: had these moments where my heart um, beats so quickly, and that's what's so dangerous about this. Your blood pressure goes up so high, but I didn't mm-hmm. know that at the mm-hmm. time, and uh, you get severe headaches, and again, I just thought they were stress-related headaches, right. um, so I had symptoms, but I didn't realize they were tied to this. Right. It wasn't only. It was only after the diagnosis that we, in hindsight, could go back and say, "Well, now we can understand this better."
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, that makes sense. Yeah.
4: But cancer is important. I think for more reasons than that. It's it's my passion because I come from a medical family where almost everybody in the family is a physician. And I mean, I'm the niece, the mother. The sister, um, the daughter, and so forth of physicians, uh, of a yes, of physicians, and um, I have learned. It, it, I think it, it's probably partially in my genes. I, I mean, being attracted to people who are in need of healing is something that's—it's almost like a magnet for me. Mm. And but the thing is, I approach healing very differently. Than others do, and those specifically those in Western medicine. So, it, I, I bring to it my hat as a psychologist, as well as an energy medicine a practitioner or energy psychologist, that kind of thing. I bring to it something different, and it is my passion. I don't want so much for people to know that if you have this diagnosis, this challenge in your life, and that's what it should be—a challenge that you are. Uh, you're going to approach as a challenge and you're going to overcome to the best of your ability. You need to know you have tools you were born with. You need to know you have resources that can help you with this. You you are an amazing being with many gifts. So I want to Mm -hmm. share that with people, and it is my passion.
3: I can it's, tell. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Very I, lo- obvious. <laughs> I love that. You know, because you can tell it is your passion, and I know Becky and I come across like that too when we're talking about you breast friends and to you. you know yes, you the do. the women that we're working with and all of that. And yeah, so I I love that. So Becky, you wanted to talk about healing wisdom, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, I do. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about healing. They write about healing. But I would like people to know what your definition of healing is, because I think it's a little different than what we normally hear and talk about.
3: Yeah, so I how,
2: think, how does yours differ? And I think the way I think about healing is crucial to the healing
4: experience. So from my perspective, and that's the perspective of one who has been researching um, those who have experienced healing in cancer and what are the similarities, what are the the commonalities, if you will, I look at it as the restoration of harmony and balance, um, peace, and wholeness. And Mm -hmm. that is really an integration of the Eastern way of looking at healing with the Western way. West tends to look at more as, well, you either heal physically or you don't. But we need to understand that when we become, quote-unquote, ill, which is really out of balance, and we're often out of balance. We don't realize we need healing, whether it's for cancer or anything else. But when we do this, that there's something going on that's impacting us, and it could be the stress that we're under, the chronic stress that we're dealing with. You know, it it could be a vulnerability to genetic disposition, predisposition. It could be a number of things, but mm-hmm. it is the fact that we have these things going on, and they are throwing us totally out of balance. And we need to look at what can help us mentally and emotionally and spiritually as well as physically because frankly all illness impacts us on these different levels. So yes, there is a mind-body connection. And we have wonderful people who are writing about this. Wonderful scientists who are. And my work, you know, I talk about that in an inside job. I offer some of the scientists who have written about the impact of your belief system on your biology and about how certain scientists Candace Pert in particular talk about how you have molecules of emotion and when you're thinking mm-hmm. certain thoughts, you know, feelings,
2: that's gonna impact your cells. And that's gonna
4: impact whether or not, you know, we're able to heal our cancer or not.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I know you talk about, and we've, <clears throat> excuse me, had other guests. In fact, our guest last week talked about it, and it just seems so counterintuitive to what we're taught. And that is about choosing unconditional love of yourself first before others. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because yeah, that's it, something that most of us do not understand,
4: and I don't think I got it either for quite a long time. But I, I. I For all of you who are listening, you are energetic beings. The universe you live in is a universe of energy, and your thoughts are energy. My work is based on quantum physics. That's the work of Albert Einstein and his colleagues. And we know that under a microscope, everything can be broken down to particles and waves of light energy. And so what they found also was that all energy, these particles, they vibrate. And we have wonderful scientists who have also found that we have different levels of vibration that impact our biology. And so your thoughts are energy. And therefore, we need to become conscious of what it is that we're thinking, because that will produce certain chemicals in the brain that will then impact our immune system and either contribute or either suppress or contribute to the um, production of life-enhancing cells that include natural killer cells, T-cells, and macrophage cells. Those are the cells needed to seek and destroy any cancer in the body. So when you choose to love yourself, love is a vibration that's the opposite of fear. And listen, when you get a diagnosis of cancer, you're filled with fear. That just is automatic. It comes with being a human Mm -hmm. being. So it's a journey of moving from thinking about it from a place of fear to a place of love and choosing to do what you need to do for yourself first rather than your family members, rather than others. And women, especially with breast cancer, do that. (laughs) They're always thinking of others and putting themselves on the back burner. When we choose to love ourselves first, what does that mean? It means let go of your feelings of guilt that you've harbored for a good part of your life, or let go of feelings of anger or resentment—anything that goes in the past, let it go.
2: Because so, let, let was, me ask you something, Susan. On that on that line, you know, we do work with a lot of women, and you know, we can say that to them intellectually. Yes. But how do they do it? I mean, so you've got a woman who has never ever put herself in front of her family. It's always about her husband and her kids. And you're right. we meet women like that. So what one piece of advice would you give that woman to say, here is how you do that? Because it's not an easy thing to, I mean, you're talking about changing an entire life learning to make that switch. How do you, how does she do that? There, I think the very first thing we have to talk about is,
4: do you have the will to live? And everybody, Ah, most people will say, Of course I want to live. Of course I do. But the will to live really determines whether or not you're going to do what you have to do to live. Mm -hmm. The, the, The stories that are in, that I've chosen to place in an inside job, these are inspirational stories of women, men and women, who were told, you know, they had a stage four of this or they had a stage four of that. And. Maybe in a couple of these cases, they had just had children. Um, And so when they were given the odds, one of the the first women in Chapter 1 or 2, I think, given the odds, very very low odds of being able to survive. But she said, and she said it again recently to me, I chose to be in that very small number because I intended to live. That I, will, I wanted to live. I had my daughter here, and that's all there was to it. And she was going to do anything and everything she could. I, that's awesome. I know yep. that these sound a little odd to some of you, but we need to want to live so much that we're willing to do whatever we have to do to be able to do it. Of course, we need to know what we need to do. And right. so, you know, the question was, well, what do you do? It starts with the will to live. The next thing is learn how you can identify those thoughts that are getting in your way. And frankly, we are sentient beings. So thoughts are the key, but I think the first key is be aware, be conscious of how you're feeling, live in a conscious state. Am I feeling at peace or not? We're meant to. To be living in a state of peace and joy, not suffering, not pain, not guilt, and that loss is such a big part of life and fear that we often live in those states. But but that's not how we're supposed to be. So start by noticing. And the way I teach my patients is how I started to do it myself. I put my hand on my heart, and I ask the question. This is part of a technique called face, embrace, breathe, replace, and I teach it in the book. It's it's powerful, and I just say. Am I feeling good or not? And I've learned to just say good or not. I know it's about my feelings. I need to recognize that I am out of sync with me. I'm not at peace. So as soon as, and you know it, when as soon as you have to put your hand in your heart, you know you're out. You know it's not good. That's a good yeah. thing. So start with just noticing that you don't feel good. And then put yeah. your hand on your head. And just, this is facing your feelings first and then your thoughts. And just say, what's that thought? And that thought that is creating the pain, like I may die, they're bottom line thoughts. They're like four or five bottom line thoughts. I may fail, I may die, I may be out of here, I may not be good enough. Those are our bottom liners when you peel away mm-hmm. all the other thoughts.
2: Yeah, and at that true.
4: point at that point you have choices. You can either take that thought and tweak it and and perceive take that thought and just tweak it enough to perceive it in a way that feels better, for example. Um, cancer, oh, I've got cancer, What? A, that's a death sentence. Well, for some it might be. But you could also say, you know what, this can be a teacher for me. This can be a wake-up call. So what I need to do to make my life better. This can be a lesson for me about what I, I can do that reprioritizes my values, maybe helps me to change my life in a way. But tweak that thought so it serves you and you start to feel inspired by it, motivated by it better
2: by it. Yep. So Susan, you know means- what? We're going to we're going to take a quick break, okay? okay? We need to come back because you just touched on something that I really want to pick up on the other side sure. and that sure. is about reprioritizing our thoughts okay. and we don't have time to get all the way through that because we That's do need okay. to take a break. So so we <laughs> will be back in just a couple minutes. Stay with us. Thank
4: you.
5: Fresh look at today's health. Voice America
1: Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute to...
0: When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at CompassOncology.com.
5: When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card. That opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness.
3: welcome back to our program. We've been talking about Healing Wisdom with Dr. Susan Apollon. Um, Susan, we, before we went on break, you were ta- starting to talk about priorities. So let's let's resume right there, would you?
4: Okay. So when priorities with regard to putting ourselves first, we really need to do that. And that, that priority has to do with just noticing how you feel and then t- going to your thoughts. And you want to focus on thoughts that feel better. So tweak them. So ask yourself, you know, is this teaching me something? I know I said this before, but these are important points. How you perceive a situation determines how the what chemicals will be released in the body to support your immune system. So one of the things too that's important is this this thing about it's important to be positive. And I have a story of somebody in the book that's amazingly her attitude is what has seen her through because she's so positive. But I encourage all of you to know that having a great attitude isn't quite enough. What, what you want to do is to look deeper and look at what you may be holding on to, as we were talking about before, because if you hold on to those um, feelings that have a lower vibration, anything that is negative has a lower vibration, that's really... Uh, keeping your immune system from taking good care of you, producing the cells that you need to fight the cancer. And so I encourage you, choose to love yourself so much that you say, I'm going to let go. And I, I have a wonderful poem in the book called Letting Go that's in the earlier chapters. Let go of what doesn't feel right and choose to say, I'm going to forgive myself for anything and everything up to now. And I'm going to surrender this, and I'm going to move on. Because when you forgive, you need to start with forgiving yourself for healing anyway before you can forgive others. And this allows your whole body to take better care of you by producing the endorphins you need. If you forgive yourself, that's self-love. The body knows it. The brain produces endorphins. And again, you have something that enhances your immune system to take care of you. Now, a lot of women have said, or men and women, but... Many have said to me, why do I keep getting cancer? You know, it keeps coming back. And um, some, while well, other people with the same cancer may not have that taking place. And there are several answers to that, and you really need to be aware of them. One is you want to go in and say, well, have I released what I needed to release? And sometimes that, that might take you know, some journaling or working with a therapist just to get a deeper level of what you're holding on to you didn't realize. Many of us don't realize how angry we are at ourselves or others, and we need to, to let go of that. But it's not just about your thoughts, either. You're, you want to release and let go, but you want to look at the other aspects of your life. You want to look at, okay, am I grieving something? Have I released my grief? Um, Am I exercising enough? We t- that's a word we just throw out there. But you do need to be moving, and your body needs to be moving to release the toxins that are created with chemotherapy. Um, you need to be looking at your nutrition, Nutri- you know, food. Food is medicine. And I included a chapter in the book on nutrition. I needed to learn more about it myself, um, And I can't emphasize enough how important it is that you know what to eat. For example, take a look. You need to know that dairy products, uh, processed food products, um, you need to know about them. and, And some authors, including Jane Plant in England, who had so many reoccurrences of breast cancer, and so many surgeries. It wasn't until she took dairy out of her diet. And again, everything I'm saying, make sure you always check with your physician first. You don't of course. do anything unless you check with your doctor first. Yeah. But she checked, she, she did her homework and she is a scientist and she took it out and wasn't, and she left in some low fat yogurt and she said it wasn't until she took out all the dairy, including the low-fat yogurt, that she actually had elimination of all cancers. She's been cancer-free for 19 years, but she had wow. five reoccurrences. And so nutrition is a piece of it. I include information from doctors who've had brain cancer in there. They've done their research and found that green tea is something the Japanese women drink. And those women who drank five uh, cups of tea, th- no, three cups of tea over the ones who drank one had over 57% chance, uh, less chance of reoccurrence. Um, there are things you can learn that can help you with your nutrition to, again, be an element for
2: your fighting of the cancer. Mm-hmm. Susan, so before, we, before we go on any further with, with- um, nutrition and kind of where that's going, I want, can we go backwards for just a minute? Of course. I really want to go back to, you mentioned forgiveness and, you know, forgiving yourself first. And and that that really rang a, a bell in my head because, you know, forgiveness is so important, but not just for yourself, forgiving people who have harmed you, you know, because I think What I'm hearing, if I'm hearing this correctly, is a lot of this stuff that we internalize and hold on to, you know, adds to stress. And they know Mm -hmm. that stress feeds cancer. And, you know, so if we, part of relieving those stressors in our life is you know, forgiving people that have harmed us. and mm-hmm. But that's not always easy to do because sometimes, you know, you if you said to somebody, well, I forgive you for that thing you did 10 years ago, and they don't even re- remember that they did it, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a hard conversation well, to need even to have. You go to the person.
4: Your point is well taken. You don't need to go to, in fact, I often tell my patients, there's no reason that you have to go to the person directly unless you feel you want to. If you can, mm-hmm. that's great, and if you want to, that's fine. The healing, the forgiveness of the other person, is for you. It's, right. it's not for that
2: individual. Right. Um, but again, um, and this is Sharon, a good point, and quote, I'm glad Sharon. What's it that up. Sharon, what's that quote that you used? Just a second, Susan. Sharon's got this great quote that we share with a lot of the gals oh, in our in our prison. I, I think, think it's uh, something
3: like, "Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die." <laughs> exactly. I remember you saying that. I had listened yeah. to something that you had said. Yes. Yeah. And 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 I just want to ask one quick question, too. And it goes along with all of these things, whether it's fear or forgiveness or any of these and getting right back down to the basics of that energy and your frequency and all that. I'm really not familiar or I don't quite understand that. So, for instance, if I have a lot of stress in my life. And whether it's coming from fear or, you know, holding grudges or any of these things. So are you telling me that that ups my frequency or whatever? I don't know exactly how, what the terminology is. And then that actually is what breaks down my immune system. Is that what you're saying?
4: What I am saying is it's good to be conscious of how you feel because... And it usually happens after we've received a diagnosis. And we didn't know. Nobody knows these things. This is still in the process of being researched. But we have research that validates, Candace Burtz in particular, that when we, we don't realize but when we are thinking thoughts and they're more negative than positive, we're producing chemicals in the brain that are aligned with the, with a negativity. And so what we want to do is if we can choose, to it's a choice we make. Everything is a choice. When we're thinking these negative thoughts and we become conscious that we're not feeling good, then it becomes up to us to decide, do I want to continue thinking so negatively? Or what can I do to perceive something as different, say something a little bit different so I think a little bit more positively, allow more love into it? Because when we think thoughts, and place thoughts in our brain that are more kind, compassionate, caring, endearing, loving, gentle, positive. The brain, the physiology of the brain produces chemicals that enhance the working of the immune system. And those, okay. in turn, okay. produce the cells that can fight the cancer cells. Does, does that okay. help? Okay. And Sharon yes. this might be why a, That was why a very never, basic
3: thing I know but yeah. I, but it I makes think, more sense.
2: I'm very now. very glad you asked that because if you weren't getting it others are not getting it. So thank you. Yep.
3: Exactly. Uh-huh. And yeah. Sharon,
2: Sharon you took that that test one time and is this is I love this story. Why don't you share with her the test that you took to find out what your greatest strength was and then oh. how you reacted to that because <laughs> that's really funny.
3: Yeah, it but was It might be it why best. you didn't
2: get cancer again, too. Well, I maybe, <laughs> I
3: don't know. You know, it's so funny. Um Mark because Buckingham has this uh, strength finder and I took this many years ago in fact I don't even know if it might have even been before breast friends so it's been a long time ago and he originally pulled that out anyway long story short I took this test it was you know very tedious it was probably took me between an hour and an hour and a half to do it online at that time and then it's supposed to you know spew out what your what your strengths are and my number one strength was positivity and i remember kind of like getting Irritated at that,
2: <laughs> which I find completely funny. <laughs>
3: I know, but but it was like, "Great! I spent I just spent like an hour and a half of my life, you know, t- uh, t- getting this test done, and it told me that I'm Mary Sunshine, which I already yeah. knew that, right? Yeah, exactly. And so it just it just irritated me. But the funny <laughs> thing about that was, and what it taught me later, Maybe besides it,
2: being irritated by the
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it was one of those things where I had to think about why why was that irritating me because again I think we take so for granted some of our strengths and our talents that are very natural to us and I think that's you know I wanted some miraculous thing to come out of this test, I think, and it just told me kind of what I knew, but I hadn't really embraced completely, and so I think since then, I have embraced that concept, and, you know, I kind of laughingly say, well, what do you do with positivity? Well, duh, you talk to breast cancer patients about... healing and loving and and getting beyond what they what they are going through and and you need somebody who's very positive to be able to do that and to ah, you inspire You motivate. Exactly, positivity is an incredible energy that lifts people up. It's a gift. Exactly, and and again, until you kind of know what your gifts are and you can embrace those yourself, it's really it's really hard to then you know understand what effect you can have on other people, and that. So it was a good learning for me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) needless to say. You know, so here's my
2: question for people who are not naturally positive, who kind of, you know, the, I don't want to use the term Debbie Downer, but obviously I just did. So I guess we'll go with it. Um, how do people turn that? I know you started to talk about that with, you know, putting your hand on your heart and then on your head and ask where that thought came from. Is there anything else they can do to start turning those negative thoughts into how do you become positive? I guess is my question. Uh, First of all, it goes back to will, and will connects
4: with choice. So if you have that desire, you really want to get well, then Mm -hmm. you need to know that, that you are responsible for the choices that you make. And so when you know that you have this responsibility, then that's where you want to become conscious of how you're feeling and say, okay, now I need to really monitor how I feel and therefore, as soon as I know I'm not feeling good or I'm, you know, whatever it is, it's not feeling good, then I need to take a look at my thought and, and just put something positive in there. And that's going to be a function of choice and your will to live. I mean, mm-hmm. there are tools that I teach. There, there's a tool called ABC's Awareness, Breathe, and Choose. And I tried to keep them as simple as possible. Be aware of how you're feeling and how, what you're thinking and um take a deep breath because when you take that breath you can breathe in peace and then you can see and feel yourself breathing out the pain of that thought that thought is energy you're going to breathe it out and then you can choose something that feels better. This is a simplified ABC kind of thing. Of
3: course, yeah. Right. yeah but that sounds good because again, hey, hey, it we, is need, some, it is we need some we need some simple ABCs to get through this because I remember as a young woman, I honestly was rather numb. I didn't really feel my feelings yeah, me too. because you're right. It, it, you're right. You know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, really talked about, you know, it was the whole elephant in the room and you just kind of had to ignore it and just kind of, you know, deal with it. And um, luckily, things are a little different today and we can be more open with our feelings and talk and, you know, go to a a counselor, a therapist or a psychologist and and actually not feel bad about that. Where for for many years, you know, that was kind of like, oh, you're going to go see a counselor. Oh, my goodness. You know what I I mean? I yeah. I had, so I've thank had, goodness um, we're not like that I anymore. I talk about but. an elephant in the room
4: in the book. You know, exactly what you're talking about, you know, I address as well. You can also, uh, there's a mindfulness tool, a simple little one that I actually borrowed. I don't remember her name, but I, I mentioned I borrowed it in the book. And I've been teaching it to patients. And it's simple. You know, you take a breath. And as soon as you breathe, you notice um, the thought that comes in. And you can give it a label. You can say, well, it may not be a thought. You experience could be, I'm feeling something. It's a, it's a thing. It's a thought. It's, it's uh, an emotion. You can label it anything you want, color, pain, and then before you even attach to it. So it's observe, label, and then it's breathe it out. You never attach a feeling to it. So you're not, you're not embracing. You're not attaching and that is a good thing, too, because it keeps you in a state of peace. You're not getting upset about anything, and you're actually able to shift energetically to a peaceful
2: place. It's a very nice little tool, and it's a simple That's great. mindfulness technique. It's good. That's great. Well, listen, we're going to go out to break, but when we come back on the other side, I would really love to talk with you just kind of briefly about how you feel about the healing power of tears laughter hugs and music because you know that. what you're you're speaking our language when you say those oh, things because we that true? totally support that so we are going to take a break so stay with us we'll be back in a couple minutes
5: into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you
1: for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Consider making a tax deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today.
0: When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at CompassOncology.com.
5: When was the last time you felt free? Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: You are tuned into Pressed Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show.
3: Welcome back. We've been talking to Susan Apollon about um, healing from a really deep perspective. And uh, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about grief because I know uh, if you're hanging on to a lot of stuff Uh, it's hard to actually go through that grieving process. So, Susan, let's talk about the healing power of tears, laughter, hugs, and music. (laughs) And
2: we love that
3: conversation so much. So, 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 yeah, go for that. It doesn't sound quite so scary when you talk (laughs) about it like that, right? (laughs) Exactly.
4: As soon as you're diagnosed with an illness like cancer, you actually experience grief. And grief definition-wise is the loss of something meaningful to you. In this case, it's your health. It's how you visualized yourself, saw yourself. And grief is about mourning the loss of whatever it is. And so in the morning, you know, we go through a number of things. We can be in shock. We can be in denial. We go through deep periods of sadness, tearfulness, significant tearfulness. You need to release the tears, the tears are your cells when you're feeling sad, your cells are absolutely burdened by vibrationally they're in a very low place. In order to help our bodies heal, we need to cry, We need to release through tears. It's a gift, and to do that perhaps with a good friend who you feel gets you or understands you or a family member, or to do it alone, but give yourself permission, cry in the car. You know, if you if you feel like you need to do it and you kept it together while you were with somebody, let it out in the car. Let it out in your kitchen. Let it out in the shower. I have many patients share with me that they cry through their showers. At the same time, be sure to balance your sadness with joy and laughter. The body seeks balance. Remember, healing is about the restoration of balance and wholeness and harmony. So, Find something to laugh at, to smile about. Allow yourself. People say, I just lost my child. How do you expect me to laugh? And I'll say, I need for you to find something that you can smile or laugh about. And they do. They do. I said, it's okay to cry. You need to cry to release. But you also need laughter allows these wonderful endorphins to be released. Physiology lets endorphins re- be released so that the body can take care of you and your immune system helps you. Laughter lets you do that. It's excellent. Norman yeah. Cousins was one of the first to validate that in his book. Mm-hmm. And so hugs. Let's go to music. Music is about vibration. Everything is vibration and energy, but music in particular. M- the vibration of the chords and the notes that... We associate with music. Music really does heal. Your cells have come to love particular combinations of vibrations of music. Play what makes you feel good. It soothes you. It heals you. Hugs. Oh, my God. You know, I had a patient, uh, this is a young woman who's had breast cancer and other things, and she just was in yesterday. And I hugged her when she came in, and I hugged her when we were done, and when she was leaving, she said, can you hug me one more time? Because... She she herself was talking about the power of hugs during the session, actually, but hugs are about feeling a sense of connection with another being who validates you, loves you, cares about you, you feel that you matter when you are hugged. It's the touch. So much research has been done on the power of touch. When they're yeah. given with compassion and love, they help to produce endorphins. And these endorphins are what bathe the chemicals that will take care of you and your ability to fight your cancer. All of these things have healing power. Please engage in them. They, they matter.
3: So, Susan, I have to interrupt right here because, you know, the the culture of Breast Friends, Becky and I have been very, very careful about creating that culture. And somebody walks in the door, I've never even met them, and we we both hug them, right? I mean, it's (laughs) just an amazing thing. And, of course... Especially when you're in there um, because you've just been diagnosed or, you know, it's a scary place, you don't know what you're getting yourself into and, you know, it's just an immediately, oh, okay, I'm home now. I can, I can relax. I can, you you know, be that, that, uh, you know, myself in this environment. And so it makes so much difference. I even use hugs as my kind of sign off on my emails and things because it is, it's so, it's so powerful. Uh, the other now thing I want to
2: share, just real quick, We've I've seen so many people when they come into our office and they are scared and then the first thing they get is a hug, they break down crying. Yeah, <laughs> they do. It's yes. like they suddenly can release, you know, everything that they've been holding inside and, you know, right, to Sharon's point. So. Yeah, yeah. I agree and with The so. other
3: thing I wanted to mention, too, is that um, the healing power of tears and laughter, and it's so funny because... When I go to a movie, if it makes me laugh and it makes me cry, <laughs> it is a five star movie in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, it may be dorky or whatever; it doesn't matter. But if it if it stirs my emotions, both to cry and to laugh, then it is, you know, right there on the top of the list for me. Mm-hmm.
2: So, <laughs> oh, Sharon, right. I got a great one for you from Redbox. I got it the other day. It's called Heaven Sent.
3: Okay. Dorky, good. dorky,
2: dorky film, but you will laugh and cry. I thought of you oh, all. The way I love us. it.
3: Okay, <laughs> I'll write it down. <laughs> so, anyway. so anyway, the 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 part about healing, I think, is so important when you're talking about, you know, using these music and laughter and and even your tears in those kinds of situations. Again. It, it tries to, I guess it opens you up to that healing is how I kind of um, feel. Um, and, and again, you, you mentioned a little bit about um, prayer and miracles and, and healing from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you just touch on that briefly because we only have just a couple of minutes. But I just wanted to touch on that before we um, run out of time.
4: I encourage all of you to open your heart to the possibility of possibilities. And so, you know, allow yourself to be inspired. Read books that have to do with people who have experienced healings or whose prayers have been answered or who, who are uh, able to see and experience angels. We're about miracles because miracles are really about the energy of love. So the more you read about these or talk about them or hear about them, the more it opens up your heart. It's like a little door, a crack opens and things begin to come in. And we know that like energy attracts like energy. You start to attract more of this. And it does help the body produce those endorphins needed to help you heal. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. And animals and pets, please Please be sure, if if you have a pet, you love it to pieces, and if you don't, even think about getting one,
2: because they provide such healing energy, so much. Yes, they do. My little dog is sitting right here at my feet right now. He's being very quiet, but he comes to our office every day. No <laughs> oh, wonder. And our staff loves wonderful. him, and he, he loves them. No, I couldn't even imagine not... I've only had them for a little over a year, and I just, I couldn't even imagine. So, yeah, pets have have that sense about them that they just, they know. They know what you need. They know everything. They're intuitive. And you want to trust your intuition. That's a big piece of healing.
4: Just trust your gut as to what's good for you and what isn't.
2: Yeah, that's very true. You know, I I have to make one more comment on hugs because, Susan, you're a keynote speaker too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Don't you? Yeah, and, and so am I, and one of the things at the very end of when I talk about my speeches is, you know, I don't base my success on, on if I get a standing ovation or not because sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I don't really base it on how many books, you know, book sales I make. I base it on how many people line up to give me a hug yes, because right. I know I know that if, if I get a hug, it's because I touched a heart, that's and right. touching hearts is what, what all of this is about. You know, if we can touch each other's hearts, and help heal from that perspective. That's Those right. hugs really of my matter, don't they? <laughs> actually, they speak
4: that, they say that. I just want the hug yeah. for touching of hearts.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really an it's important wonderful. thing. So, you know, before we do run out of time, let's talk a little bit more about your book. Um, and what is the meaning of an inside job in relation to having cancer? The think, title, what's the um, title about?
4: Yeah, it, what we need to know is it's the tendency in Western culture at least, is that when you become ill and you have a diagnosis or a challenge of cancer, and I like to think of it as a challenge, that we rely, the doctors in Western medicine tend to rely on surgery, external means of healing, surgery, chemo, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so what we have learned is that from a variety of wonderful scientists that we're more than just a body, that we actually have mind and we have feelings, and that they impact our immune system as well. And so in order to, to approach healing in a way that achieves wholeness, where we're at peace, we need to go within us and we need to look at what we're thinking and what we're feeling and realize that we have the, the ability to shift things just enough that we start to produce internally the chemicals that we need to expedite a healing of our our cancer, the, the immune system. So mm-hmm. that would be through our thoughts. That would be through engaging in activities like meditation, tai chi, qigong. That would be by doing things about paying attention to what we eat, what we don't eat. Um, all of these things are a part of our healing within, internally. It's not. Well, we have to take great.
2: responsibility. That's what it is. Yeah. We must and take know, our personal responsibility. And then I know there's a section in your book that shares the thoughts and opinions of, of various doctors with different specialties. Mm-hmm. We don't really have, I, I can give you, give us the 30 second reason why you did that. Because <laughs> I don't, there's still I a couple more things I want to ask to know you about. that
4: so. healing involves an integrative approach. And okay. when you speak to doctors today, many of these doctors understand and will guide you to the various kinds of procedures that are complementary as well as traditional for healing. And they
2: offer mm-hmm. wonderful perspectives on healing. And each one is different. Each one. That's great. And, and I noticed you have a, the, the book also, you have a workbook that goes with it. And um, so... Is this something that people would then read the book and then do the workbook on their own, or yes. do you teach you know, it in a, you know, in a seminar I've never done a workbook format? How does that work? This
4: workbook is to make your healing. When you read this book, in order to be become something helpful for you, make it personal. So take some of the thoughts that I present and see what how they what they mean to you. How can you apply right. it to your own experience? Okay,
2: it's it's good. It okay, works. so this is something that they can then do on their own. It's not they yeah. don't have to go to a seminar to kind no. of follow along with you. Thank you. you. This is right, no, they
4: don't. But there will okay. be seminars. There will be workshops. That's, that's going to be coming soon. But
2: all of that is in the future. Right now, the workbook can help you. Good. Right, so tell right. us how people can get a hold of you so they can purchase your book. How do, is it on Amazon? How do they, how do they get your yes. book? Yes, there is a website, um, but I'm in, and
4: I'll share it in a moment, but please go to Amazon. There are reviews of the book that are always going up, and the workbook is available on Amazon as well. It just went on this week, actually, um, and so you can do that, or you can go and learn a little bit more. Uh, by going to an inside job dot com. Okay. And um, there are other
2: websites attached that you might want to look at that can help you with healing as well. Wonderful. And if people want to reach you to have you come and speak to their audience, how would they do that? They can go to, again, an inside job for dot com or touch an by inside the job for dot com. okay. right. Right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so You're much. Very I've enjoyed welcome.
4: talking with both of you and all of you who are listening.
2: Thank you. Well, we've had we've enjoyed having you on the show Susan. You just have so much to to contribute to the conversation and we really really appreciate it. Um so thank you again for joining us and for our thank people you. we we're still continuing to build our audience across the pond over in the UK. So we're really excited that it, that you folks are all listening to. Um if you have a subject you'd like to hear us cover, go to Facebook to our Breast Friends uh, of Oregon page and send us your suggestions or email me at becky at breastfriends.org. Also, if you go to our website at breastfriends.org, there's a big blue button at the top of the page. If you like our radio show and you want to continue to hear shows coming up in the future, then go to that big blue button at the top of the page, make a donation and your donation can be in support of our radio show. So with that said, we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope and we're here to help you find it.
1: Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time. America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.